What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Surf and Sales Podcast. I'm Scott Lease, co-founder of the Surf and Sales Summit and Surf and Sales Podcast, along with my good friend, Richard Harris, wearing his fancy, very professional and, and kind of like old school Navy looking yes. hat. Yes. Sadness. What's going on, Richard? I am full of sadness today. Super full of sadness. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't be more fucking depressed than I am. <laughs> I mean, I think I upped my medications just for this show. Just to get ready. Just to get ready. Just to, just to. Yeah, it's like, like a, it's like the, the pre-workout. It's like right, the pre-workout exactly. stuff before you go to the gym. You remember the gym, right, Richard? Barely. So, so. <laughs> vaguely, vaguely remember that gym. We are, uh, we're super stoked to be here with our friends, Ben Gold and corporate bro, Mr. Ross. Pomerantz, did I say that's that it. right? Yeah, that's wow. it. Pomerantz, nailed yeah. it, nailed it. Yeah. The uh, writers, producers, actor, creators of sales are dope, and uh, they also do some work, I suppose. Ben works with Bravado. Uh, Ross runs his own business, does some work with Bravado, does some stuff with um, Scratchpad, scratch and you know the whole corporate bro brand social media takeover stuff. But before we get to talking to them, Richard is going to talk to us a little bit about our sponsors, HubSpot, and uh, what they've got cooking. Yeah, and, and this is actually a, a question for, for Ben. So Ben, can you tell me what Reese Witherspoon, Derek Jeter, and Corporate Bro do not have in common? <laughs> One doesn't have success. <laughs> yeah one one has uh all the sadness of those three there you go well that's partially true what's what's really true is that reese witherspoon and Derek jeter are actually speaking at hubspot inbound and i think wow corporate bros uh invitation got lost in the mail may have been snail mail i'm not sure so we'll have to see we'll, we'll talk to our friends over at hubspot but seriously uh, thank you guys for being here and thank you to HubSpot for hosting us and supporting the sales community. Uh, they bring a lot of sales or dope um, uh, support to the community as a whole. And we want to make sure that people know to go check out Inbound. It is actually going to be um, in September of this year, September 5th through 8th in the glorious city of Boston. I know that um, oh, Ben is apparently a big Boston fan, even after game seven. Um, and uh, so please go check them out. Please go see it. I know they're going to have some stuff online as well. Uh, they've got a huge set of speakers. Reese Witherspoon, Andrew Huberman, Steve Bartlett, Guy Ratz, Kim Scott, uh, Damesh Shah, Yamini Rangan, Brian Halligan. Um, there is no Richard Harris, Scott Lee's Ben Gold or, or Corporate Bro on that list. So we as have times in advance, but... I was going to say, I, a fun fact, I am talking to them about speaking in inbound. So it, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we will see if I make the cut or not. But what a humble brag. I, I thought for sure he was going to say, well, fun fact, I am actually speaking to Reese. I was yeah. going to say, I'm dating <laughs> right. Reese. But right. that was the part that I thought he said. Or even dating Jared, Derek Jeter. Even, even I was going to say, Jeets. Jeets might be more basket. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Gift yeah. basket. God, let's, uh, let, let's kick everything off by telling people who don't know. Tell us about Sales Are Dope. What's the show all, all about? Where can people find it? And, and what have the results been for you guys so far in your mind? 
Take it away, Ben. Well, Sales Are Dope is a labor of love, years in the making. It is a comedy series, eight-episode comedy series that you can find on YouTube, SAD, Sales Are Dope. It is about a small sales team at a small startup, about a Series A, Series B startup um, that sells a product. No one really knows what it is, um, and we just kind of get into the hijinks of uh, what it's like to work in sales at a small tech startup, starring yours truly, Ross Pomerantz, corporate bro, corporate Natalie. Um, and, you know, it's really about the West team competing against the East team to get a higher number. But more than that, take, uh, you know, give salespeople something to laugh at and give people that don't know the world of sales, bring them into the world of sales and kind of explain what it is we all go through, what sadness means, what sales are dope, never, ever stop selling truly means. Um, and yeah, it was, we ben, filmed it last week. Ross, Ross yeah. yes. can you please get Ben to work on his elevator pitch? Because yeah. that was fucking <laughs> I mean, long as shit. I mean, you know. I mean, cut all that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's no, about I'm not a, cutting it. Why wouldn't cut that? <laughs> it's too good. It's too good. I mean, that was that was the that was as good as there's an episode I can't remember which one where uh, the new SDR is doing the role play with with the new manager and the manager's just you know beating her up you know verbally like a horrible horrible customer and she's freaking out and then the manager says she did a great job yeah that, that feels exactly like that scene I don't know what episode that was but um, episode this, three sadness. Is this your way? Is this your way of applying for season two, a role in season two, Richard, as like the Scott, you know, Scott old school to, trainer who comes in? Dude, I sent that email to Ross about five or six years ago, saying <laughs> an old white guy to make fun of in their forties, or I don't even know if Ross remembers. I'm shocked. Oh, it's never, I'm really shocked it never made the cut. Well, you know that's uh, me. It so. did make the cut in season two. There's a whole episode about it. Fister well, runs let's... into his old Fister's old nemesis comes in to train the team, and he doesn't realize that it's his old nemesis is the sales trainer. And there's like a huge rivalry in the office. He gets all jealous. That's well, one of the I'll one see. of the question one of the questions that um, I got asked about your show was: Is there going to be a season two, a season three? W where does it go from here? Can can you talk about what that world is like for those of us who don't know? Like, what do you have to get in terms of? results on youtube to trigger xyz thing to get attention from you know whatever the next level is like netflix or something like that what do those milestones look like yeah i mean i they wish i could pluto's the next step for them not netflix. they gotta i mean i wish there was there were milestones that that mattered it it really comes down to selling and networking your way to the right person i mean it's it's the classic You'd say it coming up as an athlete, you're just like, I don't need all the eyes. I just need the right eyes to see me and give me a chance. It's the same thing here. You know, obviously there's like the undeniable aspect of let's just say this had blown up and gotten 10 million views in like a few weeks or something and became kind of a cultural phenomenon. I mean, that is the 0.1 of the 0.1% of, of that happening. The, I mean, the truth is we didn't put any dollars behind marketing and, and post-production kind of like PR marketing type stuff. We we decided that all the money we were going to spend was going to go into the creative itself. And the hope was just simply, if we can get it in front of the right person, we'll get a chance. And of course, now there's a writer's strike, which is not helping. Um, 
So, uh, you know, conversations are happening. Um, they're happening very slowly. It's getting people to sit down and watch the show has always been the problem for us. Excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze. Um, but like even for Can't nine minutes it. to watch the first episode, I lost it. Thank God. Um, you know, you're not just competing with people watching on Netflix. You're competing with anybody's time in their life to make a decision to say, I'm going to sit down and give this a chance. And I think for us, YouTube, while it made the most sense as a platform, most people find our stuff on LinkedIn and, and Instagram and, and social platforms where they can scroll really quickly and get there. People go home at night, then they watch Netflix and they're like, what should we watch? They don't think let's watch sales or dope because then we have to go to YouTube and cast it on the screen or watch it on a desktop. It doesn't like, you know, it's selling. It's like the 80th touch point where they're finally going to watch it. So, you know, it is, I mean, I have a rep in LA, you know, where I'm basically putting together a season two, what they call it Bible that he can then pitch out and, and take to streaming execs. They won't take meetings with anybody if you're not repped. Like it's all very tight knit, very closed door. You have to know someone who knows someone or have plain and simple a rep. Um, of course, then and there's the other side. Strike too. Right. They won't, we we can't even get additional writers if we wanted to. Um, or if Netflix wanted to buy it and co-develop it with us, they couldn't give us writers or even really producers right now because producers can't work with writers and writers won't work. Um, rightfully so for a million reasons. But you know, then there's the other side for us, which is interesting, is the branded side. You know, maybe there's a a Salesforce or a HubSpot or a Google that wants to go into the content game and say, hey, why don't we put money behind this? The question then becomes for us is how much creative control do they want and how um how I'm gonna use a how vanilla do they want this to be? Like how edgy can we remain without losing the essence of the story? You know, so there's those questions too. So th these things are all happening. They just happen very slowly. There is no metric all the way to go back to say, what's the milestone? Again, barring some sort of cultural phenomenon where it takes over the internet, which exactly. obviously didn't happen. I have two questions. My, my first question is, you know, how do you negotiate with yourself as a writer since you are the writer? Like, do you <laughs> battles? Um, but that's, you know, rhetorical. The other question is- I'll tell you, we paid ourselves zero. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we negotiate. You fall in line. You're, you're the core negotiators. Right. Um, there's no commission for you. Um, Zero. The, you know, as I've watched the show and I know you and I've seen what else is out there, do you really think they would vanilla it down or do you think they would vanilla it down because they, you know, through no fault of their own, they're not in the content game, right? So they have to be mindful of their corporate brand, right? It's, you know, it's. Of course. Every, it's a PR nightmare, potentially. I mean, there's a reason, you know, it, it's it's very funny. It's a very interesting, like, world that we're in with social media because we get, like, and, and obviously this is, like, a touchy subject, but we get shit on for not having more, like, represent, more diverse representation in our in our sketches. And it's, like, these are friends and family like who are working on these sketches. This isn't like a production where we can go out and like make deliberate hires for people. Um, but every company, a company that wants to work with us is, has to think about that. Like it's, it's a, it's not to say it's not a reasonable thought, but like people are coming after us. Like, yo, I don't know. My brother's the manager. I don't, my cousin's the SDR. Like, sorry, sorry. This is like what we look like, but these, these brands have to, you know, in the show, Corp rails a line of cocaine. They're probably not going to want that. Right. Is that true? Right. Is that happening? Is the first line, is the first 45 seconds, is there a dick joke? Yeah, there is, you know? And that's a joke I wish I could rewrite um, candidly because I know that's, <laughs> it was a little cheap, but, you know, they have to think about those types of things. And 
that's just the reality we live in. Comedy is a very difficult craft to do right now and not get yourself in trouble. Uh, and I so think, like what, what Ross is saying too, like there's definitely things that, you know, we don't need corporate bro to rail line of cocaine in an episode. We don't need necessarily to have a dick joke. There's plenty of other things that we can make fun of and write funny jokes for. Um, but there have been experiences in the past where we've worked with companies who contact us, hire us. They know what corporate bro is and represents. They want something edgy. And then when they get it, it's like, oh, wait, but not this edgy. Can you tone it down actually a little bit? And so it's like they want something from the outside. And then once it's ready to present and post and here it is, there is like a little bit of a, a fear sometimes with, with some companies that we've seen a lot. And so, um, you know, if some, that, that'll be something that we'll have to really take into account there'll have to be trust in the relationship with whatever you know company if we go that route of a more branded sponsored branded funded show for season two um i think a lot of it will have to be trust and have a strong relationship with that company so that after we film it they can't say all these things that were approved in the script you can no longer you know, do. We believe all the Bud Light jokes out for now. Yeah, I mean, fun yeah. fact: we lost almost all of our sponsors for the premiere, like within a week of the show of us showing it, because they watched the first episode and pulled out. Uh, uh, so, you know, I don't want to put them on blast, but I dream of the day I get to. But uh, you know, <laughs> Bravado and Scratchpad, they were like, "Go make whatever you want." Like, we know you're going to tell the the story. You know, we're going to stand behind it creatively. You know, if anybody watches our show and thinks we have some sort of intent to offend, like that's the problem nowadays is people don't assume best intent. Like they're going to look for a problem. If they want to go find a problem in our, you know, show, go. Yeah, by all means, you'll find one. There's many problems in the show. So I'm sure that I'm sure that there's other people now um, who are thinking about doing something similar, their own spinoff. People are getting more and more creative just in their content creation. I have no idea. So I want to ask this question. How much does it cost to produce something like this? Can you tell, are you willing to talk about, yeah. about that? Give, yeah. us, give us a scope of like. Our budget was $463,000. That's what it was laid out as line item by line item uh, to do 90 minutes of content, effectively a feature film. That being said, we called in every favor we possibly could. It ended up running closer to five, uh, mostly because. I was like, I don't know if we'll ever get this, you know, most majority funded by bravado and scratch pad. And then the rest by, by me, um, and corp corp bro. Uh, and I just didn't want to leave anything on the table and regret not spending an extra it's random things. Hey, we need to recolor this. Hey, do we want to put this thing in? We need to go back and pay this person yeah. to you know, do these things. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to, well, if you're four, if you're four eighty in, who cares about going to four eighty five? Yeah. Exactly, and it's like I don't want to leave anything on the table. If like throwing a few more thousand dollars here, there, like it adds up for sure. But we just didn't want to leave anything on the table and regret it. it, it even there's a world where we never get to do this again. I mean, it's that's yeah. super helpful for me. You're looking at like a half million dollar project. So for all these other content creators who are out there, like I could do something like that. It's like hmm. it's a little more involved than. Uh, grabbing your iPhone and filming yourself. It took us three years. We also shot a pilot in 2019 that was absolutely dog shit. And, and that was $40,000 and over budget. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could like your everyday content creator go out and do this. It's not that easy. They could do it. I mean, I think if we can do it, anybody can 
do it. It just took us three years to do. It took a lot of meetings. It took a lot of pushing and a lot of like dreaming about it. I mean, we just like, that was always the goal. Like this was the destination. And so, you know, we can say we've kind of lived our dream at this point, but of course now you live it. Now you want more, you want to do it again. You want to do it bigger. You want to do it better. Like I said, we called in all the favors. We didn't pay me. We didn't pay Raj or Ben or Natalie, you know, like we were paying our actors, you know, kind of what working, uh, I don't know what you call it, non-union kind of like yeah, it's all averages was nothing. Right. We we uh, got the bar for free. Like we called it yeah. every favor to make it happen, you yeah. know? And so if we were to do it again, it'll probably cost double or triple re- realistically. We shot four weeks in LA, yeah. three days in San Francisco. We had one location. The cost is these permits, moving cameras, like getting food and drinks to different various locations. Like there's so many more costs. We were just very fortunate. We got this super cheap office because everybody left it from pandemic and they were trying to like get anybody in it. Office so, was a third of the price. Third of the price. And so, you know, we got really lucky in, in the timing, but that won't happen again. And we want to do other things. We want to show Corp and Raj going on site to a company. We want to show people outside the office and these characters expand who they are as people, but we can't really do that without additional locations and, and additional funds. I mean, money is everything in this game and it just buys you time. It buys you time and it buys you opportunities. And, you know, so if we were to do it again, we would need to, we would need to probably double our budget. So it's, it's funny because I have this partner, we've created a 300 and something episodes of YouTube. And um, I think our budget for production over YouTube is about a thousand dollars. Scott, Scott, Scott's the one who doesn't let us spend money, but I have a question sort of pulling out of this, which is. Way to go, Scott. You're not here, but. That's all right. That's the best part for people. Scott had to step off camera for a thousand reasons, but. Oh, I, 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 think... I was I was just off camera, but I could hear Richard talking shit about me. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about your, your cheap thousand dollar YouTube videos. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'll tell you, we don't have budget well, I, for anything I, I, else. <laughs> that's one of the, I mean, I'm, I was curious about that, the actual cost. And, and, and part of it was. I'm thinking about companies like Bravado or, or, um, you know, scratch bad who like participated and, and whatnot, because there's an element I would think of influence or marketing kind of behind that. And they're hoping to drive awareness to their brands. Totally. And you, you represent bravado to some extent, if not all the, all the way talk to, talk to everybody a little bit about, you know, influence or marketing and marketing and its effectiveness in terms of driving outcomes for the brands themselves, not for the creators, because, you know, Richard will happily take $250. And if anybody <laughs> wants uh, him to represent them, wear a hat. It's not, not, yeah. <laughs> it's not true. You need at least 300 in this day and age. Uh, inflation. Scott will take $99 at this point. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think the, the, the ironic thing the, too, is that we can, you know, film a 15 second, you know, TikTok that has zero money put into it and 30 minutes put into it. And it can get a hundred times the views that the show will get, you know, or an episode specifically of the show will get, you know, so we can spend all this time and money on the show that, you know, has more substance. It is better than anything else we've ever done. But uh, the reach, the ironic thing is the reach from these like tiny little lowly produced videos uh, you know, can be so much higher on these other platforms, um, which is kind of just kind of like an ironic little tidbit yeah. of, of just where the state of, of content is today. I mean, Scott, to answer your question about influencer marketing, 
you know, I, I absolutely hate the word influencer. I, I can't stand it. I hate being called an influencer. I it's to me, it's demeaning. And for me personally, because I like to believe, and this is purely out of ego and arrogance, but that what we do is far more dense and intelligent and thoughtful than what influencers do. Influencers post pictures of themselves with their cups of coffee at a local, like they got a free cup of coffee and they like post post about it, or they do these super transactional, you know, videos, one-off type things. And it's there. People are just, is it effective? I mean, it's probably more effective now than like more traditional ads, mostly because they know these people have audiences and therefore people are watching it, not expecting an ad. So you can catch them off guard with an ad more easily. And then they've watched it and they're like, oh, fuck now. Nobody likes an ad regardless of where it comes from. I, I think companies are just pouring money into influencer marketing because it hasn't been uh, saturated yet with enough ads that people just stop watching influencers, content creators altogether. For me personally, I turn down the majority of brand stuff because it's all mercenary shit. It's, hey, two videos here. Can we get one video there? What if we do one video and then maybe scale it into more if it like performs well? Like I, I fucking hate that shit. I want to work with companies that want to make bigger pieces of content and tell stories and, and work on compelling, disruptive, like different stuff that has more weight to it and more thought to it. The transactional thing for me, I'm heavily moving away from. I want to do more sales or dope. I want to do docu-series. I want to do like reality type stuff, uh, emceeing, hosting types of things. I, I don't want to work with brands that are like, hey, like we have this coffee, like we'll give you three bucks a pop if for everyone you sell. Like I'm just absolutely not. So <laughs> I don't think most influencers think that way. They just want money at all costs. They're going to post, they don't give a shit. Then they'll go back to posting their other content. They just fill it in with ads. Like I just yeah. principally but the brands, that. But the, but the brands themselves, the vendors want and need something. I mean, they're trying to drive eyeballs and awareness right and ultimately create opportunities lead flow all this kind of stuff so it has to be working either on the transactional front like you're talking about and raging against yeah those maybe maybe are working maybe not maybe it's new enough that they're just trying it and then no i think it is longer term it is working working. i think it's working yeah so we can hate it but it's still potentially kind of working and then there's the the longer, more involved play like you're talking about. Um, but that still has to yield returns for the companies to participate, totally. right? And and so I was just curious, like that thought process from both sides and, and, and how to find like the right marriage and partnership there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, there's people who will do any and all that's not to say I won't do them, but they have to be companies that I believe in their, like, I just won't do a, a laundry detergent and I'm not going to do like a oat, morning oats. Like I'm not going to do these random kind of like B2C things. And even a lot of B2B things. I'm like, I don't necessarily believe you're any different than X, Y, or Z. I, I'm not going to put my, I like to, I like to budget my social capital as well as I can. And when I say and endorse something, I actually like mean it. And I, and I think, I like to believe that tends to come through um, when I do it, but it, I'm sure, you know, for people who don't know and haven't been around for a long time, it's all just an ad to them. So I know, I know it can be effective just because again, viewers are watching them expecting the content they're used to, and you can sneak an ad in there versus like, everyone's going to fast forward when there's ads, you know, on, on TV when they can. Right? I think so. it's also more sustainable, you know, for a content creator to be more selective and to make more highly produced, high quality stuff for 
brands like the show. And I think another thing that companies might say, you know, in a marketing department is, oh, we paid influencer, influencer X to make this TikTok for us. It has a million views. That sounds great. You know, we got this brand awareness. We have this social awareness. We, our brand was viewed by a million people. Maybe, I mean, maybe they do, maybe it is working in, into say, translating into sales in some sense, but I think it's also those views on TikTok and whatnot can be so inflated uh, and just go so high that they view, it's almost like the growth at all costs, user at all costs mindset that tech was in five years ago versus sustainable profitability that it feels like it's moving into today. And maybe that will translate to content in the next five years as well. I don't know. This is, this is, this is all fascinating and deep. I had no idea we were going to go down this influencer role. <laughs> um, although it makes sense because Scott's much more strategic than I am. I, I have a question and maybe if you told the story a thousand times, just to say, Richard, go fucking Google it. But um, how do you, how did you two hook up to do this? Yeah. How do y'all know each other? What's your origin story? It was, I was, I was working at Zenefits, I think, as a salesperson. I've been in sales and tech sales at Yelp and Zenefits, and I was like uh, really itching to create more and write more. And I had written like a little comedy blog thing in college, and I was like, I want to do that as an adult somehow. So I'd been writing stuff, just kind of wanting to be ready for an opportunity. Um, whenever it came up and a lot of it was like comedic kind of sales and startup uh, satire and met Ross's cousin through a friend in San Francisco. He said Ross was looking for help. Um, this was back in 2017. Um, so almost six years this summer and it was still early on, but I had seen some of the Happy videos universe. that he'd made. Yeah. Yeah. And uh I'd seen some of the videos he'd made and so he's kind of like the perfect thing sent him my stuff and he was just looking for someone to film with on the weekend someone else to help generate more ideas for sketches and whatnot and we met for beers and uh yeah rest is history showed up to work on saturday at 8 a.m and we filmed um and that was yeah six years ago this summer so what what shifting gears right how do you see coming back to the to the um, influencer stuff now getting really modern and maybe this is too terrible so Scott interrupt me. Um, how do you see influencers or AI affecting all this stuff that you do? Anything? Uh, yeah, massively. <laughs> totally replacing us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do think that's the long term. What will happen? I, you know, you can already. I can already put my voice from all my videos into a in a voice AI thing and have my spell myself speak Mandarin, you know, fluently. I can have myself say anything I anyone thinking I want. I can uh, you know, AI is gonna get good enough that it can watch all my videos and then write its own sketch and put me in it and my mouth will move and it will sound like me. And it may, it may not be like as good as like there's I think someone was like, AI doesn't quite have, and I'm not saying we have this, like intent or genius as they call it where there's like like humor so to speak i think is gonna be the hardest thing for it to do but it doesn't mean you can't put a talking head of myself and, and make it me say something absolutely outrageous um you know i think that's why the writers are striking right now 
they can generate it. Chat GPT can generate thousands of ideas and then you just take it and run with it. Um, but it will get to a point where it can just take our bodies. It can create characters. It can create voices and sounds and movies will be all AI generated and we won't know the difference. You know, uh, that is the long, long term. I'm hoping that I'm long out of the game <laughs> when that happens. Uh, but I do think that's where we'll go. That's, you know, and that's what writers are fighting for right now. And execs are like, well, or, <laughs> or we just replace you with AI. I, I have a little bit more of an optimistic view where I think of this um, example. There was like this AI or like computer robot coffee stand. It makes a perfect espresso. Cafe X. Perfect Cafe X. Yeah. And uh, no one went to it. Everyone still went to the overpriced yet popular coffee shop across the street to be with other humans and get served by a real barista with, you know, a little bit of a human touch. And I think like there's something to that, that there will certainly be people who just listen to the AI generated new Drake song or whatever that don't put any thought into that. But I think there will always be like, part of the reason you you have content that you consume content is to have that human connection and i think if it's all generated by ai unless it's really fucking good you know i think people will still lean towards and gravitate towards the stuff that's created by real human beings um i think unless, I, think, yeah. I think basically what ben just said is we're all going to be working at starbucks Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. we're all, yeah, we're all we're nothing more than a glorified barista. <laughs> I will see. Definitely. I mean, it's going to change a lot over the next few years. I'm I'm like interested in it from like a writing component. I mean, I think it can make everybody more efficient. It'll be to me as as important as the iPhone was, just making humans far more efficient than they were before. It'll be it'll be something very similar to that. It'll be. I just think the ceiling of where that goes is is a little scary. Uh, yeah, candidly. This is this this is the scene where Ross, aka Roman Roy, is just basically saying, "We're nothing. We're shit. We're, we're shit." I get that we're comparison. Bullshit. Everyone compares me to him frequently. And I haven't watched the series yet. I need to go watch it. I didn't. I wasn't thinking of it in terms of a direct comparison to you. I was just like, "Yeah, we're nothing. I get it we're a shit." Lot. He's, he's telling he's telling the older brother Richard, "Yeah, we're nothing, dude." Yeah. yeah, we are nothing. You're all nothing at the end of the day, but you know, yeah, you can be optimistic about it. You know, yeah. No, it's, it's interesting. I had a conversation yesterday, and and we were talking about this. A, it, it aligns with what you're saying is that a role that will, that might exist is this. You know, if you think about the SDR, is this sales prompt engineering role where it's yeah. like you've got someone's got to be able to type the right stuff into the AI, right? right. And even yeah. Point, even to that point where you know, you go do it and, and you upload your voice and you do all these things and it examines all your episodes and it starts to write things. I think you're right. It, it helps create that creative, but then you still have to take that creative and put that human element back in. Right. And so for now, hopefully the AI for now yeah. yeah, won't, won't do, but, but even then you're going to have a different idea than what the machine is to a certain extent. And so your ideas right. hopefully will get better because you get better stuff out. So it, it's, it's a real, you know, the old school garbage in, garbage out thing, right? Now the garbage out's gonna be a lot better, I think, in some ways, but there's there is still that human aspect. But all right, we gotta stop here again for our sponsor, uh, HubSpot, who we are uh, more than happy to chat about. And 
Um, I am curious if, if you guys have done, if you haven't checked out the HubSpot Podcast Network, they've got tons of great content, even for marketing. I know Ross doesn't mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at their network just yesterday. That was that was that was Ross's sling value, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know but uh, for those who are old enough to remember, but uh, one of our good friends, I know Ross and Ben, you know him, is John Barrows. He has his podcast on there called Make It Happen Mondays. Uh, please check it out. Uh, another good friend of ours, an actual attendee of the Surf and Sales event in November, uh, Scott Barker was on recently, and he, Scott is over at the Venture Capital Fund GTM Fund with our friend Max Altschuler and talks about the experience and importance of creativity and connectivity um, and the lack of foundational sales knowledge uh, in that episode. So that is a a fascinating episode and we support John who's a very, very good friend of ours. Um, Also a Boston fan, Ben, who I was texting with yesterday, um, who was very, very upset, you know? Uh, So, so anyway, so I, you know, we appreciate John. Uh, Sorry about the Celtics. Sort of. We didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. So, but uh, but anyway, so check out uh, John Barrow's Make It Happen Mondays on the HubSpot Podcast Network, and don't forget about Inbound coming up in September of 2023. All right, Scott, ask some more and better questions than my boring AI stuff. Well, this this, this <laughs> because we just got done promoting something. My question is: Do you ever get promotion fatigue, Ross? Do you ever feel like, oh my god, I don't want to talk about? the show anymore but if i don't talk about the show then nobody's going to watch the show or is that just me not for the show yeah not for the show i'll talk about the show all day long um i yeah i mean i get i'm just always kind of tired <laughs> so so you know i the promotion thing i, I it's kind of a necessary evil at times because if i'm not going to talk about it then why would anyone else talk about it um I find it hard to drum up the the strength sometimes to talk about the shit that I do though. It's just totally. like yeah, but there's a difference Scott, between voice. what you do, Scott, between what you do where you're being paid to promote, you know, $250 every time you post and what Ross is doing, which is his own content. If it's your own, <laughs> I know you, Scott. When it's your own content. I'm not talking about that shit, dude. I don't even like promoting the Surf and Sales Summit. Or talking about Thursday night sales when I was running that, or GTM United, thing that helps my consulting me business. Like, like I, can't, I hate I, it. I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've talked to Scott and I'm like, what do you want people to do when they sponsor? Just give us money and we don't have to do anything. And yes, that literally yeah. sounds yeah. absolutely we perfect. We all go to Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that is the go dream, ahead, I was going to say one thing that helps me is really, you know, mix up your, your elevator pitch, ramble, like keep going and just keep talking about it and just mix it up. And that way, you know, you surprise yourself. You don't even know what you're saying half the time. So be less crisp and concise. Yes. (laughs) Ramble on. Usually works. This is the anti-advice. It'll probably work to be honest with you. I'm Greg from Succession. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's not 6'12". I'm going to try that. Yeah. what about um, this question for Ross? One of the things that you've done a great job of is diversifying yourself across platforms. You've got a big presence on all these different platforms. Uh, Richard and I have sucked at this. I find it essentially all encompassing to even deal with one. And so yeah. I'm, I'm curious how you have managed to juggle all of that. Do you have help with that? What What is like the efficiency hack there ben is my help <laughs> um i don't even know i think it's always just been like make a piece of content and just put it on an all put it 
out on all of them. Um, yeah, but don't you have to, that part's that part's easy though. But like, right. don't you have to interact with everybody? That's where yeah. Ross has incredible energy resources that he just digs deep for. Like the interaction that Ross has with fans, I think, is a huge reason why the Instagram page grew to what it was from the beginning. And that is the stuff that I'm like, I don't know how you muster up the energy for for that kind of stuff. Like he's he's so good at that. I don't know either yeah. because I, I do that on LinkedIn, but I feel like it takes, you know, all of my energy. So it's hard. It takes a lot of my energy. I'm I, you know, I'm the guy who's constantly criticized by friends and family for being on their phone too much. Um, and it's mostly because I feel like this is a 24 seven job and I need yeah. to be like as aware and on top of things as I possibly can. Um, I don't really know how I do it either. <laughs> I think my belief is that if I'm, if I interact with a little, people, you know, the parasocial like relationship with so many people, I, I always, I treat every interaction like a chance to turn a fan into like a super fan so that when they're talking about me behind my back and around in their friend group and their group text, that they're like, yeah, he's actually a pretty chill, like cool dude. You know, he actually gave me an answer about this, like career question. And like, you know, I'm, I'm someone who doesn't like letting people down. I talk about this all the time in therapy. And I think um, sometimes it's better if I just were to not respond to people because I'll engage with trolls. I'll go in on them. I'll say some really hurtful shit to them. I will, I will, <laughs> I will put them in a body bag publicly, <laughs> privately, and I need to not do that. I need to, cause you know, that's the classic, Oh, just by acknowledging their existence, they win. And I'm like, or I put them in a body bag, metaphorically speaking, and I feel like I won and yet I'm still mad the rest of the day. So like, you know, I've lost a lot of days and a lot of productivity handling the ups and downs of like being a highly engaged creator. And I do think constantly about, I should stop. I should, but, 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 but what if the next person, like I can convert the next person, I can change the next person I can, you know, and that will add up over time. I, I go back and forth on it frequently, but I still try to respond to most DMs. I, I think the other interesting thing, especially for our fan base specifically is it's salespeople who are their own breed of humans and sometimes a negative comment is really just a salesperson like trying to get a dig in at you and we make really kind of you know edgy harsh comedy and you know everyone's used to that in the sales pit and it can be misinterpreted and sometimes you just respond with a joke and they like your comment and they laugh and you're like oh I was getting worked up about this seemingly negative comment on this video and they were just joking with me. They just kind of want that interaction, want that attention. So, but even if it's a positive comment, that's also draining of energy too. And it's really tough. I mean, I think when we get to a point where we're on season seven of the show, we do have that eight figure, you know, deal. Um, then we might be able to chill a little bit and not respond. In to season comment, seven, but... in season seven, Ross actually has become Richard. That's I've become Richard. Yeah. <laughs> Overweight, yeah. bald, bald, yeah. <laughs> trying to be relevant, yeah. right? Taking two hundred and fifty bucks. Fuck you, buddy. Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I do think I, I, I have this like horrible curse, and you know, it's this is like going to be the classic. What's your weakness? I care too much. It's going to be kind of like that, but I think, <laughs> I think it's. I success to me is so status feels so status quo. I don't get excited by success. I get relieved by success. I I like have come to expect success. And if I'm not successful, then my day is ruined. Then I am, I'm pissed. I am all fucked up in the head. 
I just like, I have a really hard time enjoying success and taking it as like a moment of, wow, that was really cool. We pulled that off. We did it. It's like, no, fuck that. Of course we did it. We we're supposed to do it. That's what that sounds familiar, Richard. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, Ross is everything and wiser when I was at his age. Cause I just want <laughs> you to everybody and do stuff and try to be funny and all those things, but never had the balls to kite, go do it. So, well, um, it's, it comes out of pettiness. It comes out of pettiness. Right. Like in therapy, Ross, is it, is that voice in your head, your mom's or your dad's, right? <laughs> I don't even know. It's, it's, it's <laughs> devil Ross. Do. Oh yeah. There's a whole session for therapy right there. I acknowledge yeah. you. I can write your therapy appointments. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's good and bad. It's good for ambition. It's good for pushing the limit and the envelope. But a lot of it is born. Like the reason I went to business school is so I could tell everybody, fuck you. I'm smarter than you. Like that is why I went. I, I was like, I'm going to study for eight months. I'm going to take the GRE five times. I'm going to take enough Adderall to kill an elephant. And I'm going to go to business school because I'm sick of people thinking they're smarter than me. It was a very petty, stupid thing. Like I'm really glad I did. There's a million like, like wholesome reasons. I, I'm glad I went and all those things, but it was born out of like, I'm just fuck you. Like, fuck you is kind of the mentality. I do a lot of things by unfortunately or not, I'll get canceled for it, whatever. But like, you know, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard for me. That's why I'm the success piece. I'm like, good, because that's what the goal is. Like, I'm going to show you by being successful. And if I don't do that, then I'm just, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, I'm the opposite it's, of that. I'm it's the one not that, healthy. I'm not going to business school and I'm going to be more successful than all you people. Right. And, uh, and that's all my daddy issue shit. That's, I know <laughs> that's what people ask me. So why'd you go? Right. You really want to know why I went? Cause I thought the people I was working with were dumb. Right. <laughs> well, I, I went, I went to grad school. I didn't want to work. And yeah, I thought, that's a great this reason is like too. a socially acceptable way to not work yet. So I'm yeah. going to go to graduate school. Exactly. And, and that's a great reason too. You know, if we really boil it down, it's like, I really want to learn some skills that I didn't have otherwise, which is true. It is true. But it was also other things, too. That's the essence I, of thoughts like, hey, someone's going to pay me to do nothing. I'm going to go to school. They're going to pay my tuition. They're going to pay for my room and board. And I'm going to go fuck off and create a band and have a good time. Yeah, that was the smartest thing that I ever did was <laughs> literally only go to a school that offered me athletic scholarships where I had to pay zero and I know right. Ross played baseball, so he, he gets that. I could have gone to other places and I would have had to spend money. Maybe I would have had a bigger, better, crazier time or whatever. I didn't care. I'm like, you're going to pay for my school for free? Okay. Yeah. Done. Why not? Why not? I mean, my brother's got the famous quote in our family where he says he wants to be a stay-at-home dad with no kids. Like, yeah. like <laughs> that's what he wants. That's his dream. That's his dream. Like, uh, that sound familiar? That... <laughs> Well, that's kind of where I'm at other, but I said, I have kids, right? I, I kind of fucked that part up. Yeah. That's an important part of his statement. That's Braden a very important Caleb. part of the statement. Braden I kind of screwed that part I up. I know you, Braden and Caleb, your dad loves you. I know you, he has a hard time. Yes. But give him yeah. Up. Yeah. yeah. They he sacrifice they, things for they know that, but They well. know that, but I also need to remind them how miserable they've made me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's important so as well. Right. Build their character know. a little bit. Right. Give yeah. them some daddy issues. Yeah. yeah. Hey, at the, at the end of our show, we always flip it around and say, what can we do for you guys? Do you have any questions for us? That anything that you've been uh, pondering and wanting some answers on? Any of that kind of stuff? Man, I don't know. What would you do if you were us trying to get this show out there? What would you, what would you, how would you guys Question. think about it? 
what brands, any brands you would think about any like ideas? I had this idea and I still am too much of a little B to do it, but I was going to say, I was going to share the link to our show on LinkedIn and say, every person who reshares this in the next 24 hours, I will Venmo you $1. I think with a cap of like, I would put a cap on it. So I don't go broke. I also think there's like a transaction limit on a Venmo. That's not the point. The point is like, I'm trying to think of other ways to, yeah. you know, do it. I'm, I, I'm probably not going to say anything that you haven't already thought of, but I might look at, this is going to sound absurd, but I might look line by line at everywhere I spent money of that 500 grand. Yeah. And you have an absolutely massive network. And I think you tapped your friends and family type network for help the first go around. Yeah. But I think perhaps you need to, you might want to consider this more like global um, community and network that you've built for yourself. And so if you go line by line of all these places that you had expenses, like food and beverage, for example, there's probably some fucking person in your LinkedIn network or Instagram following or whatever that runs a business and they're willing to like donate all of that. Or there's a furniture store seller somewhere who's like, I can get you, you know, furniture and equipment. There's right, right. photographer people. I think so. I think I would basically expand upon my fundraise of friends and family to be my actual global network. And like, how can an actual community, the corporate bro community, literally be producers right. of season two and of the show? in an effort to involve them, make them more passionate about it and literally not spend money on stuff. Yeah. That's one thing that, that I was thinking about. That will come as no surprise to Richard because I'm the king of trying not to spend money. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Good way to be. But I, but I think, but I think that I'm right. And I, and I think, it, I think if you guys sat and thought about it, you'd be like, yeah. there's probably freaking thousands of people that love what we do and would love to support in, in some way. You could even go to yeah. them and say, who do you all know who might want to invest like a thousand to $5,000 in this and do like a crowdfunding type of a kick, what do they call that? Kickstarter project or whatever. But you can do it yeah. through this like referral based partner selling thing type way that Ben, you and I had a conversation about the other day. I wonder if that could work. What do you think, Richard? Well, you know, I was going to come up with the really genius idea of him like walking around San Francisco with like a sandwich board on, right? You know, I've thought about that. I thought about buying like, a billboard. They're very expensive, yeah. it turns out. Uh, <laughs> no, I meant the one you wear and you walk around, right? And get some of yeah. the twirlers, you know, like <laughs> yeah, just be a form. sign spinner right on like right. Presidio. Right. And Dreamforce. Like you want to go market you want to go gorilla marketing and Benny off at Dreamforce, get some sign spinners, right? God, I would love um, that. which actually theoretically isn't the worst idea in terms of just getting brand awareness out there and Yeah. I'm gonna be crashing Dreamforce, you bet. Yeah, so that would be one thing. Um, and again, probably our, in, crashing our friends at our spot. You should go do that at inbound. So yes, yeah. our sponsor. Um you know, I, I think the, I think that's also the, you're going to get a lot of crazies, but um, asking the crowd in the community yourself, hey, everybody, I've come up with these ideas. What are 10 ideas? I'm going to run a contest and we're going to pick three and the winners each get 500 bucks or something like that. And, and, a, and a cameo if we get season yeah. picked up, right? 
uh, like last year at, at Surf and Sales, we did a, um, you know, you know, a gator tank because there's these saltwater alligators. Like crocodiles, first of all. And um, and they identify cool. as crocodiles. <laughs> it, was, it was, and it was super cool because we were like, what are we going to do for content? How do we do more content? Not actually have to do the work. And this is where right. Scott's genius always comes in. And, you know, the, the goal was everybody has to come and pitch a, a, a idea that makes 500 grand in a year. Was that it, right, Scott? Yeah. And everybody created their own. We went through a first round and we chose three and then we divided everybody up on those three teams. And I want to say two or three people have actually made them businesses. Right. And so, um, so crowdsourcing so cool. this creative idea of like creatives, like, Hey, everybody, you know, and, and you could probably even go to your super fans, right? Like, you know who they are. You could, I would gladly get on the zoom call for an hour with you and eight other people like me who would just let's, let's whiteboard some shit yeah. um, and, and sit back and let, the creatives take over, right? Like we become your chat GPT. We become your, yeah. right. Help come up with ideas. And the worst thing that happens is you've already thought of it all. And okay. need to go find smarter people than us. So that's if probably. It, an easy if way. you need idea creation though, they need execution assistance. But, but then, okay. So you get they need financial stocks. assistance. They yep. need you to open your wallet and write a million dollar check, Richard. Well, of course, they do. You know, which we will repay in the next 4,000 years. I promise. Dude, I've got, I can write a check with six zeros as long as those zeros are left of the decimal point. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> right. If they're on the left side, I can write that check. So, but, but to the point, Scott, this is where you would do this too, though, is you would go, okay, well, Richard's idea is cool, but let me double down on it because that's how much smarter I am than Richard. And you'd be like, okay, well, I got these eight people. Now let me ask them who wants to help do it. Well, that part's, I, I don't really ask that many people for ideas. I ask people for execution help. Right. But it's different though. I, I'd be, you know, but I know you because you're more strategic, right, than I am. And so for me, I would need that piece. And if Ross and Ben are, and the team over there are, you know, are they running into, I don't know, you can't see the forest for the trees for an hour of their time to make them go, nope, we're still smarter than these fuckers. Like, let's go do it for a <laughs> Or, oh, you know, so, you know, that, that's my suggestion. So, and it's free. Love it. Okay. I like free stuff. Maybe it's a, yeah, crocodile tank mixed with a dunk tank. Right. So you're sitting up there and there's crocodiles. Bad idea. We get to throw tank. it and knock yeah. your ass in. And then you get yeah, dropped yeah, exactly. in with the saltwater crocodile and yeah. have to make it out. So that's I watch that. Everyone would watch that. Yeah. We would all watch that. It's horrifying and awesome sad, sad commentary on humanity we would all watch that <laughs> yeah i think i think we'd watch one episode maybe and then quickly <laughs> right. be like i regret i regret everything yeah I, I still can't figure out how the i'd binge it what's the, what's the <laughs> warrior the ninja warrior i still don't know how that ninja warrior show is still on tv i think it's crazy so. it's, it's the world we live in it's all reality now it's all reality stuff love island and american ninja warrior and all that yeah. stuff so, and sadly, we have to get back to reality, which is we've got to wrap this show up. Ah, mm. Thanks. I could go for another two hours. I have so many rants left. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so many rants left. So uh, we can get back and do it again. I, you know, I have another podcast called Sales Rants. So maybe you'll come on that one and do that. Yeah, so. that would just be 60 minutes of Ross and Richard yelling into the <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> screaming in the void. Sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we appreciate you guys. Bring a sweat. <laughs> we appreciate you guys spending some time with us. Tell everybody um, where they can find sales are dope, how they can get connected and con in contact with you guys. If they have any way that they can help support you, tell them where to find you. Ben, you want to tighten that pitch up right now? Sales are dope on YouTube. There's the playlist. Search sales are dope on YouTube. Watch all eight episodes 57 times in a row. You can find us at Corporate Bro on Instagram, at Corporate Bro or Ross Pomerantz or Ben Gould on LinkedIn, at Corporate Bro on TikTok. I think that's, that's basically it. it, right, Ross? Basically it. My cell phone is 617. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop. Do that. that all the time. I give up my cell phone number all the time. 415-596-9149. People he's not, he's not, he doesn't need... A thousand text messages with episode yeah. ideas. He doesn't. He doesn't need that late night call I got from a little stranger. The other I'm day. really close to getting a new phone because my uh, my numbers in like Zoom info and other places, and I get texts all the time. But I might just actually put it out there and be like, text me your best ideas. Just get there a second phone. But you can get That's a second to do. to do that. But yeah, you yeah. could. Baller, two phone yeah. guy. I really want. Yeah. A, really want a second phone. That seems really cool. You look so so cool if you do with that. one in each back pocket. Oh man, yeah. my cheeks will be looking fire. <laughs> there's there's ep there's episode two of season two. Yeah. Corp gets two phones. Feels pretty cool. Corp hits it. quota. Yeah. yeah, because he has two phones. He hit yeah. quota. He can do right. two conversations at once. Exactly. Right. Efficiency <laughs> gain. It's an efficiency gain. Ben, write this down. You could, you could have you could you could have Natalie or, or Raj be the. Oh God, you can make your own phone commercial. So um, selling you the plan. Wait, do I get screwed on this plan? Right? You're only to the new people. So um, all right, guys, this has been a pleasure. Sales are dope. Please check it out on YouTube. Please check out Ross Pomerantz, Corporate Bro, Ben Gould. Um, you don't even have a name, alternate personality. Do you? Risky. Risky? Yeah, just, just Ben. Just, just Ben. ben. He's always undrafted NBA free agent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thank it's, you, fellas. As always, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. We always. Bye, guys. Bye.